It's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do. Turn to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. We're not going to be looking at much Scripture today, but you're going to need to keep your Bibles open because we will be looking elsewhere besides the book of Ephesians. But I want you to look in Ephesians, and here in just a second I'm going to read a verse. But let me say this. The Bible often describes our approach toward life as well as our approach toward God with the metaphor of walking. Now I want you to look in Ephesians, the second verse of chapter 5. Y'all there? Amen? Amen. It says, and walk in love. There's that word walk. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. That word savor is aroma. Now I want you to flip down, or look down, I should say, in the 15th verse. And this is the verse we're going to key on here for a few minutes. Ephesians 5, 15 says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, that word circumspectly means carefully, not as fools, but as wise. Now there's a couple of things that I want to point out to you in this verse. First off, you see that Paul told the Ephesian believers that walking is the goal. Notice he didn't say anything about running. He didn't say anything about sprinting or hiding or fleeing or escaping. He just said walk. Now, that might seem a little boring to you. That might not seem like you're moving at a very fast pace. But it is a very uh, effective, highly effective way to travel if you don't, at, believe me, ask a turtle. Have you ever seen a turtle get anywhere besides walking? Have you ever seen a turtle in a hurry? Even when a turtle's in a hurry, He's still walking. So Paul tells these Ephesians that walking is effective. It is the goal. Now, walking, when we use that word walking, walking implies that our lives are experiencing a steady, controlled progress. In other words, it means we're moving forward. We're going somewhere. It means that rather than running from cover or running for cover every time something happens, you know, a threat appears, we make good decisions. We make wise choices. We, we are stable. And also that we have a positive outlook on the future. Steady. Surely we are advancing. Now, what Paul did in this verse, he invited these Ephesian believers to live a consistent life. I want you to look at verse 15 again. It says, listen, and, and listen to what he's saying here. I'm going to kind of put this in country boys' terms. Listen to his language. He said, see then that ye walk circumspectly. In other words, he's saying, look that you walk carefully. In other words, he wanted his audience to take an inventory for 
a second. He wanted them to ask themselves a very important question. And that, in, that, that question is, what does your everyday behavior look like? Now I want you to think about this. What does your everyday behavior look like? Is it consistent? What is your pace? Do you have enormous and horrible lows? Do you have days when your behaviors, your thoughts, your feelings are dramatically different than other days? How influenced are you by financial status? How affected are you by people's perceptions of you or gossip about you? How swayed are you by your surroundings, your circumstances, or positive reports that you get, or negative reports that you get? Or how influenced are you by newscasts or phone calls from different relatives? In other words, how consistent is your life in this journey with Christ. Now when we start thinking about these things, you know, th this is not a fun thing to investigate, frankly. And why do I say that? Because it can very quickly become discouraging to look over the past week and ask yourself, how consistent was my life for Jesus Christ? Now, if your disposition, your personality is anything like mine, that's not something you want to talk about. It's not something you want to look back at. It's, it, it's kind of the last thing you want to do. But when you look at this verse, you see that is what Paul is exactly saying to these these believers in Ephesians, what He's saying to us today. That, that's exactly what we should do. I want you to consider your, your, your lifestyle. Now, I'm not talking about your Sunday morning going to church or Sunday evening going to church behavior. I'm talking about your other six and a half days of the week behavior. What does it look like? Is it, is it consistent? Or are you continually uh, uh, walking in your life's journey? Are you stable? Are you consistent? Most importantly, are you doing what God wants you to do? Are you where God wants you to be? Are you making progress? Are you moving forward? Or are you just kind of <clears throat> stuck in a rut? Alright, I want you to flip over to Philippians, the first chapter. This is another one of those letters that Paul wrote to the church at, at Philippi. And I want to read you a verse there. Philippians, all you got to do is flip to the next book. You're right by it. Philippians is the next book, right after Ephesians. Philippians 1, I want you to look at verse 6. Y'all there? Amen? Amen? Being confident of this very thing, 
that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. That word perform means complete until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I read this verse a while back. And that first statement in that, that phrase just kind of stopped me. Look what Paul says. He says, being confident of this one thing. In other words, Paul seemed to have no doubts. He was totally convinced, he was totally confident that God would finish what he started in these Philippian believers. Now the question is, do you believe that God has started a work in you? And if God has started a work in you, do you believe that He's going to perform it or complete it? My first thought was when I read that, that verse was, am I sure this, this is for my life? Now, the, that's a very important question that we need to ask ourselves. And that's a very important question that we need to be able to answer. Do you really believe that God started a work on the inside of you and will complete it. Now, if, if, if we're not sure, I want you to think about just how unstable your life's going to be. How inconsistent you're going to be in your performance, in your life for Jesus Christ. I suspect that Paul wrote this letter to the Philippian believers because there were some of those people there in Philippi who were not sure of this. And God wanted Paul to tell them that they could live with confidence, that they could live with certainty because God was at work in them. And whatever God had started, He would complete. Now, I want you to understand this. Christianity is primarily an inside job. And that's what we're talking about today. If I had a title for this sermon, it would be an inside job. Following Jesus first and foremost is an internal operation. God is changing us from the inside out. He's the only source of a consistent walk and a consistent life. Now, go back to that verse there in, in Philippians and, and notice the phrase he says, the, the second phrase he said, He which hath begun a good work. In other words, our walk with God starts with who? It starts with God. And that's paramount. That's foundational. Our God connection started with God. Where does God start this work? He starts this work in each one of us, in you and me. And God is more than able to transform people on the inside. And what that means is this. We don't have to force anybody, including ourselves, to be, believe, to look, to act, or to talk a certain way. That's God's responsibility. That's God's job description. And let me tell you, He's really good at it. He really is. But you see, what I want you to understand is God starts deep down 
on the inside and it takes time for what God is doing on the inside of us to manifest to the outside. You know, and, and the thing is, we're always in a hurry. We're, 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 the, we're the folks that live in the hurry-up world. We're always in a hurry for everything. And we're in a hurry to fix what's on the outside. Why? Because what's on the outside embarrasses us. What's on the outside gets us in trouble. And yeah, God plans on fixing the outside, but here's the deal. He plans on taking His own sweet time about getting around to it. Because He's working on the inside. I want to show you something real quick. I didn't plan on doing this, but I'm going to. We're not in any hurry. I want you all to go to Revelation, the 22nd chapter. If y'all can't find the book of Revelation, hold your hand up because we're going to go have a long talk. Revelation, the 22nd chapter. This is almost one of the last verses of the Bible. And this is what Jesus says about Himself. Revelation 22nd. Y'all there? Amen? Amen? I want you to look in verse 13. Now, I'm not going to be reading this. I'm just going to kind of be paraphrasing, but I think I can get it pretty close. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. That's pretty close. In other words, this is so inherent to who God is that He calls Himself the start to the finish. He calls Himself the A to the Z. God is the beginning and the end and everything in between. Now here's the thing. If God starts a work in each one of us, you can be sure He plans on completing it. Now if you don't get anything else today, you need to get what I'm fixing to say. Because this is of utmost importance. And I'm going to show you, I'm going to give you a real good example of the reason why. Your hang-ups and your mess-ups does, does not bother God whatsoever. And, and, you know, and your hang-ups and your mess-ups don't take Him by surprise. At no point in the process does He say, well, this is more than I bargained for. This, this is more than I expected. You know, you're in worse shape than I really thought. And, and I'd better just cut my losses and give up on you right now. That would be the best thing for me to, for, for me to do. But you see, God has each one of us in a process. And, and He is probably less worried about our progress than each one of us are. Why? Because He can see the end from the beginning. What, what did that verse in Revelation tell us? He sees the whole panorama. Now, you might feel like you're not progressing, but I'm here to tell you, you are. Surprise! You are progressing. Just keep walking. Well, how do you do that, preacher? Well, it's real easy. You allow God to take control of your life. You allow God to guide your life each and every day in everything that you do, and you're moving forward. You are progressing because He's faithful, and He will work on you, 
and not only work on you, but He will work in you for the rest of your life. You know, we've been doing this study in the Gospel of John. And we studied in it for quite some time. And I was afraid y'all might be getting bored with it, so I thought I'd do something else. We may go back to it here in a week or two. I don't know. But how many of y'all remember in John the 13th chapter without looking, what did we talk about in John the 13th chapter? You remember when we started our study in John, Jesus was having the Last Supper with His disciples. The Lord's Supper. We've got this beautiful painting right here behind me on the wall in this church. I love it. But we were looking at that story from John's perspective. And just for a second, I want to look at Matthew's perspective of that, that, that Last Supper. Because right after the Last Supper, it says that they sang a song. Now, I can't imagine Peter having a good voice. I just can't. It, it doesn't fit his personality. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just how I see this in my head. So here Peter is belting it out. All to Jesus I surrender. Sings about like I do. And Jesus says, Hey y'all, I need to tell you something. It's about to happen. I'm going to do what I came down here to do. I'm going to die on that cross. And in the process of everything that's going to happen, all of y'all are going to abandon me. And Peter, being Peter, just like old Pastor Barton, real good at sticking his foot in his mouth. Oh, not me, Lord. Not this guy. I got your back. He couldn't contain himself. I, I'll never abandon you. These other 11 clowns here, they might, they might pull the plug. They might run and hide, but not me. I mean, I'm your guy. I got your back. No matter what happens, even if I have to die from you, I'm there. And what does Jesus tell him? Peter, before this night's over, you're going to deny me three times. Oh my. So what happens? Hours later, Jesus is arrested. Peter finds himself outside the county jail by a big bonfire. And there's this servant girl. And she says, Hey, aren't you that that guy that was with Jesus? Oh no, not me. I never met the guy. Really? He just denied Jesus to a junior high girl. Y'all know junior high girls are very intimidating. But this is crazy. Peter disowns the man that, that, that he swore 
to love and protect until death. And we're all familiar enough with this story. We know that later on he goes on and he denies Jesus two more times just like Jesus told him he was going to. Talk about your fickle human soul. And in one night, get this, in one night, Peter goes from, I will die for you, Jesus, to I don't even know who this guy is. Why do I tell you all all that? I want to ask you a question. Has this ever happened to you? Has this ever happened to you? Because you see, what comes out of us makes us question what's on the inside of us. You say something, or you make a decision, or you do what you vowed you would never do. It, it seems like we have no willpower. It seems like we have no courage. Moments ago, we were telling people, I will never, ever, under any circumstances, do such and such. And now, we're doing that. And what did Peter or what did Jesus do with Peter? He didn't ask Peter if he was brave. He didn't ask him if he was committed. He didn't ask him if, if, if he had self-control. He didn't ask him if, if he was even sorry. He said, Peter, do you love me? There's a message there for you and me. You see, you remember I told you about your hang-ups and your mess-ups? And I told you I was going to give you the example that God's not worried about it? Look what Peter did. When you goof up, when you mess up, and you know you did, I want you to think about Peter. What Peter said he would never do is what he did. And Jesus asked, He said, do you love me? And we all know what Peter went on to do on the day of Pentecost. Preached one of the most powerful sermons that's ever been preached. I want to tell you something. If, if, if God could take somebody that did that and accomplish what Peter did, what could we do for God? What could we do for Jesus if we did what I said a while ago? We just let Him have control of our lives and guide and direct it each day. I remember when I graduated high school, a guy gave me a card. And I wish I could remember the little, the little, he had like a little poem that he wrote in it. But it was something along the lines of something, something, something. If they can take a piece of moldy bread and make penicillin, surely they can make something out of you. And I've never, I've still got that card somewhere. 
I'd have to dig to find it. I need to. Boy, that's good for a sermon. But you see, we don't need to be concerned about when we flub up. Because God's not worried about it. You see, just, just like Peter, that God used in a tremendous way, our lives might falter at times, and they're going to. But our relationship with God is real. And God put this love in our hearts for Him. And, and it will only grow. Even when our emotions betray us, when our actions betray us, God knows our hearts. He sees the seeds that He planted in us. And, and, and the work that He began in us. And I want to tell you something. He has a plan to bring that work to completion. My question to you today is this, are you sure of that? And, and I want you to understand, no matter what you do, no matter what you have done, no matter what you're going through, are you certain that God started a work on the inside of your soul and He will finish what He started? What did Paul say? I am certain of this one thing. It's of utmost importance that we understand that because that will give our lives security. That will give our lives stability. That will give our lives sanity. But most important, it will help us with that consistency in our walk of faith with Jesus. It will give us health on the inside. It, it, it will help us maintain our walk of faith. The thing is, we just have to keep walking. Moving forward. Growing. Maturing. Do the best we can. And let's let God worry about the rest of it. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank You for another day that we can come into Your house. Father, You blessed us with this day and we thank You for it and we thank You for this church, this church family. Father, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that I have every week to walk in here and preach Your Word, present Your Word. Father, just thank You for loving us. And we just pray, Father, that You will continue to protect us, watch over us in this very challenging time that we live. Father, we ask that You forgive each one of us where we fail You. And Father, we know that You know our hang-ups, You know our mess-ups. And just help us to keep walking. Just help us maintain our, our faith. 
Father, we certainly want to pray for rain that we desperately need. And certainly, Father, I want to lift up all the folks that we've got on our prayer list. Father, just give comfort where comfort is needing. Heal where healing is needed. Do what only You can do to meet these needs. Father, we ask that You guide and direct our lives as we leave this place. And that we're careful to praise Your holy name. Father, just help us every day as we're maintaining our walk to point people to You. To tell someone about Your love. Father, just continue to watch over us and care for us. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.